Hi, I'm Amanda Pashuko. This is She Love. Hello, it's Davida. I'm Gina Lovato. Hey, it's Anna Dunn. I'm Caitlin Bailey. This is Melissa Novak. It's Sean Jacobson. Hey, it's Bethany Nicole. Welcome to Sex Party. And welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. <laughs> Sex Party with your host, Dustin Ripka. Welcome to Sex Party. I'm your host, Dustin Ribka. With me on the show this week is Bella Johnston, a.k.a. Spicy Johnston, as she's known in some circles. Uh, Bella was a contestant on The Bachelor Australia. She came in fourth place. We talk all about her experience there and what it did to her mental health. We actually talk about mental health a lot in this episode, not just around sex, not just around dating, but mental health in general. Bella is a rock star. She uh, is incredibly vulnerable in this episode. She shares an incredibly emotional story about being ghosted. She's also uh, dealt with homelessness and she has dealt with cancer in her life. This is a, uh, an emotional episode, but like a fun, empowering episode. Nonetheless, we go from like having come on your sweatshirt, which I might have on, on mine. It could be mine. could be my girlfriend's. could be just toothpaste all the way to dealing with cancer and being, and being ghosted and the emotions that come with that. So can't wait for you guys to experience this one. Uh, this woman is awesome. Let's get you over to the interview. Please enjoy my conversation with Bella Johnston. This week's Conversation. conversation. Bella Johnston, a.k.a. sometimes Spicy Johnston. Welcome to Sex Party. How are you doing? I am so good, Dustin. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, a, um, as always, you know, it takes some some effort to um, get the guest you want. And so we put the effort in and here we are. Um, yeah. Uh, so for the people who are like watching this on YouTube, perhaps they're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whatever. Um, could you talk a little bit about who you are and, you know, like what you do, like what kind of human are you, you know? Uh, well, I am Australian and I am an ex reality TV star. I'm going to go with star. Um, <laughs> but before that, I was making uh, videos on TikTok um, and I still am making videos on TikTok. I um, have just started to get into the world of stand-up comedy as well, which has been really exciting. Um, I like to dabble in things a lot. I just like to have fun and I post about it on the internet and people seem to really like that. And so far it pays a little bit of my bills and that's really exciting. Yeah, that's all that matters. You got to get a couple bills paid. You're fucking good to go, right? Well, um, it survive. <laughs> Yeah, your your content is like and what what got me obviously being the host of a show called Sex Party was like it, it there was a lot of stuff that was uh like fun but yet real around sex and dating and and the good stuff and the bad stuff which I love and we're going to get to um can we talk a little bit just briefly about like what reality show you were on and what that experience was like? Of course, yeah. So I was on the 10th season of The Bachelor in Australia um, where they decided to completely switch up the format and they had three guys um, and 30 women, which was intense. Um, I had an incredible time. Mm. Like I, I loved 90% of the women were my 
soul sisters. Um, the men, I could take it or leave it, but um, I had the best time <laughs> filming. <laughs> and I didn't find love. I came fourth. But um, Australia really, uh, they liked my vibe and I got a lot of, like, good energy back. I have a lot of, like, I have a few hang-ups from the show, which I think is normal. Like, I didn't go on there naive. But um, overall, I, it was a positive experience and I have no regrets. Yeah, no, that's 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 amazing. Um, I think I've talked about this once on the show, but I was scheduled to be on The Bachelorette here in America uh, 10 years ago. Really? Yeah, and at the at the last second, uh, I just bailed out because I just felt like I went to LA and for two weeks to a month, I can't even remember anymore. Like I stayed in the house with these other dudes, right? And they were like kind of, it was like for two weeks, like in this house in, in the hills. And they were shooting, but it wasn't for, and I think they were trying to pick up on chemistry. And it was just like such a bro fest. And I just didn't want like my Wikipedia in 45 years to be like, oh, loser, bachelorette or whatever. I'm like, I'm better than this, right? Uh, not making fun of anybody like yourself who's done the show, right? Because uh, sometimes I'm like, man, that would have been fun, right? But I just, I, I bailed. So I have a, a bachelor bachelor story bachelorette whatever same family story yeah. as well so that we have that no that's it's but it's like it's it's i mean i just felt it was like a manipulation thing i felt it was a lot of manipulation going on yeah it is um my my time on there like it, it's interesting because the experience that i had is so, so very different from what was actually aired. And it took me a long time to actually really come to terms with that because um, my personal experience isn't valid. It legally actually doesn't exist. Um, the only experience that exists is the experience that was shown, and that's literally in our contracts. But so things were cut and I was made to seem a little bit unhinged which I'm not mad about because I am unhinged, but like, you know, there was one episode <laughs> where I had like a complete mental breakdown and my dad just, and I was really upset about it, like the way they'd showed it. And my dad texts me afterwards and he's like, he's like, Bella, I'm, I'm really proud of you. That wasn't that bad. And I was like, dad, I, I cried on a beach with like just a bikini and a cowboy hat on. Like how the fuck wasn't that bad? <laughs> I mean, crying on a beach with a bikini and a cowboy. I mean, you know, sometimes you have to go to that place. Sometimes you have to go on hinge. You have to be the bikini cowboy, right? Um, and I think, I think that will be a theme of this episode, you know, because it, it, it's not people. People glorify sort of like uh, the mental breakdown shit. I mean, you know what I mean. Then everyone like. Oh, I'm going to lose it. And, and jo we joke about it on social. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Like we joke about yeah. it on social and my mental health, this and my mental health, that. But at the end of the day, like sometimes you just have to go be the fucking bikini cowboy and just let it out, you know? Absolutely. And especially when you're in such a high pressure environment, like the bachelor, like I guess what the audience doesn't see is um, the emotions are really highly strung all the time and they get you up at 5am to 
to be ready by 6 a.m., but then you don't start shooting till 11 a.m. You might not have eaten very well. Like there's all these sort of subtle techniques to keep you on your, like on edge. Um, and it, I was getting my period. It was a full moon, people. Like it was, it was like all of the things colliding. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, they want that. They, they sort of set these traps and then they set these other traps and they sort of collide and like push it. And then they just film the best shit that they can get, which to them is like, you know, crying fits, people fighting, whatever it is. Cause unfortunately, right. That's what sells. And so they manipulate it all. So I think, I think you being unhinged is fucking great. And that gets the sex party seal of approval. So, (laughs) um, you know, I think that's a big part of your social media, though, because around and this is what I found so fascinating when I was researching you is that you you're such a rock star in the sense that you you might be going through some shit, but like you're clearly one, if not a couple of your goals is to document that and 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 like find the funny where it's at like if, if you can and if you can't find the funny you still post it and i just like want to say like right off the rip like that to me is like the essence of just like true rock star shit so like i love that about all of your content so that's was another reason why i loved having you uh say yes to being on the show that's so kind <laughs> i think um i really appreciate hearing stuff like that because um, a lot of my, my, my closest friends who I obviously, um, they see me through like all the ups and downs of my mental health and things like that. But they're all like, Bella, stop fucking posting about it. Like, they're like, you like, stop posting about it. This isn't a therapy page. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I, I'm alone. Like I live far away from most of my friends. I, um, I've actually been homeless most of this year and traveling, so I'm alone like 90% of the time. So having a community and where I can post like whatever the fuck I want and people like my followers love me for that and I love them and I have such a great relationship with a lot of them and I'm just so grateful that I have that kind of community because, you know, my end goal isn't to be like the most famous woman in Australia. It's just to have a community of people where we support each other and, you know, you can be the sluttiest, stupidest version of yourself. Like, you know, be ridiculous, be crazy, but just be kind and look after everyone. And I just, I love that. So I really appreciate hearing from you because I literally have my friends in my ear all the time saying, shut the fuck up, Bella. <laughs> no, don't listen to them. Don't listen to your friends. Listen to the sex party guy. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I think people don't post about that stuff enough. And I think in when, and, and even to get more personal about it, like right now uh, I'm going through a ton of stuff and like mentally, physically, like I am in need of a glow up, right? Like we're, we're, we're trying to get to like, let's get into the glow up phase, Dustin, you know, or whatever, drink more water, do all the things, hit the gym and, and see a therapist and, and everything that comes with that. And like, I saw your reel, right? And I watched it three or four times, but you were talking about this unfuck yourself sort of mission that you were on. And like, to be real, like that shit inspired me. I was like, fuck, okay, shit. Like, yes, she's on the show tonight. Let's fucking chat about that. So what was the motivation? Because part of your 
uh, uh, your self-care routine was like, you know, making sure you masturbated once a day. It was trying to meditate uh, once a day. And, and I think like on top of everything else, like not only what, what prompted you to like want to do like an unfuck yourself sort of challenge. And also too, like, how did you get masturbation and how did you decide to put masturbation in there? Cause I think it's fascinating. So I posted my glow up series and you know, what's funny is I posted it. Sorry, excuse me. And then after I posted it, I had the most depressed two weeks of my life and didn't get out of bed. So I haven't posted a follow up. And I felt like a failure for not doing that because I received so many messages from people and so much support. And then I just fell, fell apart and I was in bed for like four days, um, just crying, <laughs> which was against my rules. Um, so I need to make a follow up for that, which I think that's on the agenda this week. But the reason I posted it is because I guess like coming from a brand sense, like, I just want people to know that I'm evolving. Like, when I first started doing mm -hmm. TikToks, I was in my party stage. Like, my first viral TikTok was me standing out the front of a guy's house trying to get an Uber at 6 a.m. Like, and that was my first viral video. And I look like shit. And I, like, went and took the morning after pill and posted about it on TikTok. Like, and I'm just not in that stage right now. And I think... There, I felt like I had some sort of responsibility. Responsibility is a bit like strong of a word, but um, like I owed it to the people that follow me for that kind of unhinged shit that I just don't want to do that right now. Um, and I wanted people to understand why. And, you know, I think we talk about mental health a lot in the sense like, you know, like I feel like it's not necessarily – it is normalized in a way, but I think normalizing it in the sense like this, this is it. Like I, I, I still go out and I see my friends and I do things, but you know, I'm still home and not functioning and all this kind of stuff. And I think normalizing it and putting more of a face to it is also a really great way. I had so many people reach out to me. Um, but yeah, since I've posted that, I've had terrible anxiety about the fact that I posted it. <laughs> So now I'm like, this is viral. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> you know, I think that when you post a follow-up and you say, hey, I flopped this shit, right? Like I stay, I went right back to bed and I cried and I didn't do any, any of the stuff I wanted to do, whatever. I think that's even more powerful because we are all fucking struggling in that way. And to see somebody like, and you might not think this about yourself, but like, I am just going to say it like just from our email interactions and like my little tiny podcast boy research that I've done on you and like the, the interactions we're having right now, it takes fucking bravery to post any of that. Right. And I think you coming back around weeks later and being like, Hey, like I'm, I, I fucked up like whatever, but like, you know what, I'm gonna try again. That is what I think people really deserve and need to see is someone like, just trying and and doesn't i don't think the i i really tr truly like don't believe in and this this fucking we can, it's, it's getting kind of gary vaynerchuk here for a second but like i i feel like uh it, like i really don't believe in failure i just think that like you just just keep fucking going i mean it just and it hurts sometimes and it sucks sometimes so 
I think like your the follow up will be even fucking bigger when whenever you decide to post that because people people feel that way, Bella. Pe- people really truly are are in that zone where they can't get they can't get themselves off the couch and shit, and it's so normal, you know. Yeah, I think um, I think when I first posted it, like I was very like because I've been really trying to focus. I guess there's a part of it that's posting it clearly for the mental health as- aspect, but then there's also a part like, you know, I'm thinking um, like grand wise as well. I was like, great. I've got a series. This is good. I can work on it. Um, I was like, I'll post three times a week mm-hmm. about this series, keep people updated. And then I was like, fuck man, like that's so hard. And I was really comparing myself to like other creators and things like that. And I was like, they're doing it. Why can't I just, make the time and all that kind of stuff. And I was just finding every little piece so hard. Um, but I, I think yeah. I've, I've gotten through that two-week sort of hump and I do feel like I'm on the other side of it now. Um, it's, But, yeah, I, and I will post about it. And thank you for your kind words because I, it's honestly been weighing on of my course. mind every night. Like, I'm like, why can't I just do the things I say I'm going to do, which – which is so hard, like, and I'm sure everybody struggles with it. And I've got unmedicated ADHD at the moment. Yeah. I'm going through the process with psychiatrists to try and I've been on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. And I feel like it's always been more of like a Band-Aid for like a bigger wound. Um, and so I'm working yeah. with psychologists and I'm working with psychiatrists to try and figure out like the perfect combination of drugs to keep me in a space where I can still do the work because at the moment I'm finding it so hard to even get up and do the work. If you know what I mean? Like I think medication is, um, is more of a scaffolding than like it's, it's there to support you to like get you through the things to do the work, to make your building stronger. It's not necessarily the way to make the building stronger, but at the moment I'm just, it's so hard to get out of bed some days. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. You're human. And, 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 and again, like I think that people just want to see people trying because then it motivates them to try. And some of us succeed and some of us don't. And some of us, it takes a long time and some of it, whatever. And, you know, you mentioned like you posted some unhinged content you kind of be started to become known for like that fun, like unhinged you know, personality. I mean, I'm, I'm the same exact way. We're sort of, uh, twins in, in that way. We're like, yeah. uh, I, I had, especially when I, what, when I launched that, when I launched this podcast, like I really was, and still am, you know, sort of like making unhinged comments and, and living an unhinged life. So, I mean, this sweatshirt I'm wearing either has like toothpaste or like cum on it and my girlfriend wears this this sweatshirt so maybe it's her cum i don't know it's one of us but like see i'm unhinged right but also at the same time if you dial too much into being unhinged (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute i didn't even hear what you said what did you say i used this as a cum rag like like recently and i've just washed it like (laughs) like mopped it up see yeah you can you you can be both and i think it's hard at least what I was going through, I'm like, well, wait a minute, maybe I'm both. Maybe I'm like the, you know, the dude who wants to chill more and like read, read more and be like smarter and, you know, whatever, and try to do all these things. And also like 
maybe I had too much vodka and I went crazy and had a six hour sex session where I was doing a bunch of taboo stuff. And then I did more shots. Like, and then it, it took me a minute to realize like I could be both. So I think that that's really important, like to not get caught up in being just one Jekyll or Hyde, right? You can totally be both. I think. I think as well with social media is that a lot of the time, like, especially when you, research like how to build a successful brand on TikTok and all those kinds of things. They tell you to find a niche and to stick to that niche. And I've always found that so difficult because I am such a multifaceted person as we all are. Um, and I truly believe that, um, you know, like I can exist on all these different spheres of who I am. Like I, I, yes, I'm a crazy slut, but I'm also, um, I look, I, <laughs> I look after children. That's like my other job. Like I'm a nanny. I'm very caring. Like, um, I look after babies. People let me look after their babies. <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm all these things. I'm a, like, I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm, um, I'm an educator. Like I'm all these things. And I just think that I want to be able to build my brand without having to dull myself down to just one facet. And there's a few other creators that I've seen that have been able to do this. And I'm like, I'm not copying them, but I like to look at their model and see where it's come from. And I'm just hoping that it works for me. It might not work for me. Maybe all the other people are right and you should just stick to a niche, but it just doesn't feel like me. Um, and so I think with this glow up series, I really just wanted to try and expand, expand what my audience believes of me in a way. No, I think that you're a hundred percent right. And I think the only reason why we've been told and drilled to, to, to find a niche and whatever is so they like know who to sell more shit to. Right. And I think that sort of boom. Yeah. And it's boomeranging, boomeranging back around, uh, Australian reference, but it's boomeranging back around and it's not in their favor because now this algorithm is looking for the most people to sell things to. Right. And it's like, Hey, we want content that it goes out to everybody. So like, there you go. Like, and I, I'm with you. Like, there's so many different things that I like. I'm not just a sex guy. I love you know, film and books and sushi and fucking. Yeah. So it's like, fuck your algorithm. And, and eventually the algorithm I think is going to, until they correct it and, you know, send the robots out to kill us. But um, I think it's going to eventually, I mean, it's starting to come around where it's like people who put out content that more people engage with from different places are going to win. And that is someone like you because you are multifaceted. Um, you, you said, well, y y you are very successful on TikTok from what I understand, right? Um, did you have, okay, so you had a TikTok that... Uh, where you had like a sex toy inserted in you and then your friends had the button and were like, it was like a vibrator thing uh, while you guys were out at a cafe. Did you get in trouble for that with TikTok? No, I mean, yes. TikTok wiped <laughs> it after like 30 minutes, um, which I was like, okay. Like, I don't know. I didn't really think it was that bad. I've seen way worse things. But I feel like TikTok is really, um, I mean, it's Chinese owned. So like they are much more conservative in that sense. So then I posted it on Instagram because I, I, it was like the brand had sent me the toys and I was like, oh, cool. Like, um, I'll, you know, make something funny with it. Anyway, I didn't expect it to go as viral as it did. Like it got like 120,000 views, which is pretty good. Um, and then I just started copying abuse. 
like so much hate. I didn't realize how angry people get about full play. <laughs> Let me guess. It was uh trolly dudes yeah. uh in your in your comment section. Okay. You know why? It's because they don't know they don't know what foreplay is. Literally. Uh. And they're all like most of the comments were surround, like they were like, oh, okay, so a woman can masturbate in public, but if I get my dick out, the police are called. And I'm like, okay, let's break this down for a moment. I'm not masturbating. It's foreplay. That's what the toy is designed for. And, yes, if I got my vagina out in public, the police should be called as well. Like if you get your dick out in public, yes, that is different because, A, that's nudity, and, B, like, you just don't get your dick out. I don't have my vagina out. Like there's no nudity. It's not, it's not graphic. It's not like I'm just fucking around. Some people I think just troll for the sake of trolling, but there were a lot of right wing Christian people that were telling me I don't love myself and God doesn't love me, which it's cool. Like God probably doesn't love me. I had cancer when I was 19. I get it. Um, <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, I get a lot of um uh because you know the podcast yeah. sex party, I'm the sex party guy. Everyone's like, Oh, you're you know, repent, whatever. And I'm like, hey, thanks for the comment. You're helping the algorithm, help with the engagement, bro. Fuck you, rock on. Like, you know. Um, and you know, if they want to hate, they can fucking hate in the comments, but you it's always the religious uh and or uh like white incel dudes who yeah. just muck everything up you know it's like how predictable and boring i had another video that went my second my probably my biggest video um the one that got me all my followers and stuff was uh me, you might have seen it, you would have seen it, um, when I'm leaning over the camera and I'm trying to influence my Hinge Dates um, targeted ads and I'm saying that he should go to therapy and pack the dishwasher himself and do his own washing. And that incited so much rage amongst the incels. Like I was getting all these comments being like, oh, you're not even that fucking hot. Like why would anyone want to, like just, just, insulting me for like my looks, my everything. I had this one man try to get me on his podcast. Like he wanted me to be on his podcast to argue with him about it. I'm like, I'm not going to argue with you, buddy. Like it's, a, it's a, it's like, it's an eight second video. Like, I, oh, it was insane. That was my first sort of, um, that was my first experience with it. And then I had another video this year that was the stupidest video I've ever created and it got 1.4 million views and all the comment section is people telling me how ugly I am. I was like, why are you so mad? Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of rage out there. Yeah. And, like, I'm not, mm. I'm not insulting you. Like, you go on and live your, like, hateful life. I don't care what you do, but just, like, I just don't understand why people get so upset at women creating videos about pleasure or themselves or, you know, like, yes, I poke fun at men, but, like, you were literally murdering us at a rate higher than anything else and, like, any other statistic in Australia. Like, like why can't I just poke a bit of fun at that? I mean, right? And, like, you know, I am a man and I think it's hilarious when – 
anyone makes fun of men. I make fun of men. I am, and I am one. So it's like, for, for me, I just feel like we've earned it. Like we've earned. And if we can't take the heat after, like you said, after like thousands of years of fucking rape and pillaging and fucking persecution and what, then we must be really weak. So who gives a shit? Yeah. I love the term fragile masculinity. And like, I love men. Don't get me wrong. Like I have brother, like I, I sound like one of those guys. Like I love women. I got sisters. I got mother. Yeah. I got a dad. I got brothers, you know? <laughs> I know what men are. I know I have a couple, <laughs> you know, I hope that you continue that content on TikTok. I, I hope that you like whenever you, yeah, because I feel like, your a lot of your stuff is like about sex, about dating. You know how how good it is, how bad it is, like mental health. And I love I love that that's like your brand and like your. It sounds like you're becoming like even more, uh, even less afraid to just tackle this shit. And there's not a lot of people that are tackling it in a way that's uh, funny. And I'll show you my unhinged side, but I'll also show you like me at lunch with a fucking vibrator inside of me. You know, I think there's there's power to that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm yeah. just, I think I just want to be myself. Like I, I've always been a loud person with a big personality and a lot like my early twenties, especially, I really felt a bit like ashamed of that. Like, you know, people always tell you to be a bit quieter or like you're being too loud or you get too excited. And so the thing that I learned the most from probably my bad experience <laughs> is like, I'm going to just be as that, like, I'm just going to be myself. And, you know, if people don't like that, that's fine as well. But so far, so good. And I think I just want to, if I can inspire anyone else to just literally be, like, it sounds so cliche, but just be yourself. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Some fucking idiot that lives in his mom's basement. Hey, guys, go upstairs. Say hi to your mom for me. You know, that's where I'm at with it. Oh, my God. I love um, <laughs> my favorite thing is actually finding like their workplace or their mother or, you know, I find their Facebook and I find their girlfriend. It's and then I message them. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, is this you? Um, what I wonder. I love it. I love it. I've done it a couple of times. And also my best friend, Jessa, she, um, she works night shift. And so when she's on night shift, she just sits there and goes through my comments and finds out like where these guys work, what they're doing on their weekends, sends me all the screenshots. So like, honestly, bring it on. I love men when they're, especially when they're on public, don't put your profile on pri private. Come after me. Show me your high school, please. For real. Yeah. You know? Come on, like stop with the fucking no picture fucking dummy accounts too. You want to, if you have balls, fucking come show them, you know, so like exactly. you're going to hate in the comments, be yourself while you're doing it. Um, you mentioned that you were starting to push into stand-up comedy. Um, that's a realm that I, I dabbled in myself a little bit. It's fucking exciting and terrifying at the same time. How, so how much of this sort of stuff like the sex the dating the incel making fun of um you know someone living with their mother uh eating free lasagna every night like how much of that do you think will make it into your comedies your stand-up routine oh a lot of it like 
Um, you actually just made me think that I, I should write a, I should write a skit about incels. <laughs> um, and I will. <laughs> I'm going to write that down after this. Um, I'm very new, but stand up is something I've really wanted to get into for a while because I come from a, um, I was a musician for a long time. Um, back, I was a professional musician, like in my teenage years and early twenties. Um, and I had to stop that due to like an injury to my vocal cords. So I have, um, always been looking, I guess, for a way to get back up on stage. Um, and I have acting training as well. My mom was an actress, um, and a drama teacher. So it's just, I love performing. And so I think after I started making all my TikToks, I was like, oh, cool. Like I'm actually quite funny. And then naturally I just started writing things down and I love storytelling. And every time someone laughs, it makes me want to just explode with happiness. And, you know, to be able to go up on stage and have like a bunch of people laughing at me, I'm like, oh my God, this is the best moment of my life. Um, so far I haven't had like a, I haven't had a flop. <laughs> so maybe I'm like a little bit naive to that, but, um, it's been really good. I've just been doing open mics and yeah, most of my content surrounds like shitting my pants dating men, finding the clit, like being single, all that kind of stuff. And I think, I mean, it's not, I'm not the first comedian to talk about that kind of thing, but, um, you know, I hope I add my own special source to everything. Yeah. I mean, you, you just have that, like, again, like it's like a truthful rock star thing that you, that you are, that you do. And it comes across in whether or not you're unhinged or you're, or you're, whether or not you're a bikini cowboy or whether or not you're like depressed and like in bed or like out partying, like whatever, you still have like this, this sort of, and, and we've talked about it like a couple of times because it's so apparent. And then, and honestly, that's why I wanted you on the show is you just have this, this energy that is a performer's energy, a rock star energy. And I think, yeah, you can, it doesn't matter. You don't need to like reinvent the wheel. I think once you get up there and like, man, like open mics, like you can really sharpen your skills that way. And, yeah. um, I remember I, I had, a, I had a really nasty flop. Right. And it like scared me. And then I, I had another show 15 minutes cause I kind of like bungled my way into opening for somebody really big. Really? And so I wasn't supposed to be there. And so I got like, somebody came to me like, Hey, if you cut that joke, it's like really violent and not good. They're, they're going to throw stuff at you, but cut that joke. And then, so then I got up there and I just felt so like, I think, I think flops are inevitable, but I just think that you'll probably find that it it just motivates you to just get in there and kill the next time. And you get that high again, you know? Yeah. I think, um, I mean, yeah, flops are inevitable. It's, I don't, I don't know. I don't handle rejection very well. I've got some serious abandonment issues, so I hope we can handle it. <laughs> Truth be told, um, like my my main goals is literally like I just want to make enough money to support myself because my dad, like I, I'm the eldest in my family and my dad still helps me out a little bit with like the big stuff and, you know, I'm pretty – self-sufficient but probably like at the stage of maybe like a 22 year old and my dad's always like get a real job you know like stop doing this stuff on the internet it's a nice hobby but it's not real and I told him the other day I was like dad I'm gonna be a comedian and he's like that's a nice dream like get a job um 
And so all of, all of this <laughs> really is just about proving my dad wrong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> see, we love that. Yeah. Dads are, have been invented. They're on this planet for one reason only to be proven wrong. Yeah. Keep us grounded. Keep us humble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like, he's your fucking dad. He's your fucking parent. If he has to write a couple extra checks, yeah. well, you, you decided to have me dad. <laughs> it's expensive. I'm expensive. <laughs> yeah, literally. And dad, you made all your money off the property boom in the eighties. Like what the fuck did you make that money for? Paying for your daughter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, I think that's amazing that you tackle that too. You make jokes about calling your dad for money, like on your, on your content all the time, which is hilarious. <laughs> I know. Cause I barely work at the moment. So like, mind you, I haven't borrowed money of dad in a while, but all my friends know that like, I'm a bit like spoiled. I'm a bit spoiled, um, but I'm aware of it, which makes it okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I hold that white upper class privilege very dear to my heart. Um, and I, if I can't make jokes about it, then I take it too seriously, you know? Yeah, for sure. Totally. Um, okay. So before we started recording, you mentioned that you're not really like into like dating and having casual sex right now. You're not very horny. You're not whatever. So tell me if you want a little bit about what that's been like, where you think it's coming from And if you, you know, if you see yourself like getting back out there and doing the walk of shame, trying to find your partner, like whatever, you know, because I just think it's a great real story. It's a great, you know, it's a great journey. A little, a little, uh, a little realism. Of course. Um, So this is all new to me right now. I, um, I think it really starts with like the year that I've had. It's been Um, it's been full on. Like I have been homeless for most of the time since I went on the bachelor. Um, at the moment I'm house sitting for friends. I'm looking after the dog for two months, but this is the first time I've had, um, somewhere stable to live since April. Um, and like, I'd say that like, like not to, um, not to discredit like homelessness, but yeah, like, I don't know. I don't want to joke about it too much because it has been like a real serious problem. There's a housing crisis in Sydney at the moment. Um, and there has been times where like, I'm like, shit, I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight, but I've got a lot of friends. And there was one point I was sleeping on a mattress in my friend's walk-in wardrobe. Um, I've been sleeping on couches. Like I've been, you know, doing the rounds, but that obviously, um, that obviously adds a lot of stress. And I think, over time that really built me up to be in a bit of like a fight or flight mode um, because it was just survival. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping like I'm okay, but I'm hoping that my situation does get a bit better. At the moment I probably can't really afford rent. So I've been really lucky in the sense that I've been living here for free and I am looking um, to continue house sitting because it just seems to work really well. But um I think that underlying my whole year has really created some interesting, um, interesting like experiences with men. I met a guy in June, um, and we sort of started this really intense relationship, but he, uh, lives overseas. So he's from England. 
And so we were FaceTiming every night and like getting really, really close. And I thought it was like, I thought I'd met someone. I thought this was like groundbreaking. And, um, and it, I, I thought to myself, I was like, wow, like this has come at such a great time. Like it's come at a time where I wasn't really dating. And you know, everyone always says like, you'll meet the guy when you're not even looking, like all that kind of shit. And he literally, <laughs> slid into, yeah, he literally slid into my DMs on Instagram. So like it was, um, and I wouldn't have replied to him, but he, he had a blue tick. Like he's, he's a bit, he's a bit well-known in England. Um, and so I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. So we started this relationship and then decided that we wanted to meet. And, um, so we chose uh, Vietnam as like a middle ground and decided to go on a holiday together, even though we'd never met face to face. Um, and I was having really bad anxiety about it. Um, like really bad anxiety. And I, I told him like, I'm, I don't hold back. So I said to him, like I said, I'm really scared that you're going to ghost me or that like, you're going to meet me and not want to talk to me anymore. Um, and he, spent so much time convincing me that I was safe and that he would never do that. And he's not that kind of person. Um, this is actually the first time I've spoken about this. <laughs> um, and anyway, and then, so we went on the trip and on the trip, I really felt, um, there was, it was very up and down. Like I didn't feel like he made a lot of effort to, ease my anxiety, I think, like, and not that it's his responsibility, but I think, I guess, when you're looking for a partner, you want a partner that is empathetic towards maybe, like, your my attachment style at the moment is just anxious. And I've realised that that is just stemming to the fact that I don't think I am in a stable condition to build a relationship. Um, and I, I just do feel really up and down and I ended up getting quite sick on the trip um, and... So did he. And so it was just this very intense two weeks of like us living with each other. And I thought it gave us a really strong bond. And he had even said to me, he was like, I feel soul tied with you. I think that was what he said. He's like, I just feel this soul connection. And we'd like sit there and stare into each other's eyes. Like, um, and you know, like at the airport, he like cried when he left me and it was this big, beautiful moment. And um, but then when we got back, I got back to Australia that just, I felt that energy shift. Um, there was that shift. Oh, I actually feel like I'm going to cry just talking about it. Um, <laughs> and, um, and you just know. No, like, you can I, take as much time as you are. I'm actually going to cry. <laughs> um, I just the whole thing shifted and he started just avoiding my calls and I really, and he, in the end, like he's blocked me from his Instagram stories and just doesn't talk to me anymore. Like just did the slow ghost. Um, and I just like, he spent so much time convincing me that that wasn't him. And then he would never do that. And I guess getting me into like a safe and vulnerable place. And I told him how vulnerable I felt. Um, obviously going to another country to meet a man, but he had absolutely convinced me that he, he liked me so much. And so I've just spent the last two months really unpacking um, 
unpacking myself and like my abandonment issues and why I felt, why I feel so deeply about this. Um, and I think it's partially, I, I take responsibility for putting myself in that situation and I take responsibility for my reaction. Um, but what he did was really fucked up. <laughs> and, um, but also at the same time, I respect that he's living in his own narrative and whatever's going on with him, clearly he doesn't have the maturity or the emotional stability to be able to just have a conversation with me. Um, like, which absolutely shattered me because I thought he was like a person that would. I thought we were close enough that we could talk about anything. Um, yeah, so I just, uh, I since then, um, I got back in August and I just haven't functioned, I guess. But I think it's not necessarily about him, but I think that was like a catalyst for me just having a complete and total breakdown. Um, and so I, I have had no interest in sex. I've had, and just to bring it back to like my glow up challenge, the reason why I included masturbating as one of the rules is because I am for the first time in my life, I have no libido. I am not masturbating. I, I've got no interest in it. I don't want to be touched. Um, like I just feel so traumatized. Like, by what has happened. I just, I don't want to let anyone else in. Um, and I've never felt like that usually because my first reaction to a breakup is just to go fuck a bunch of other people. Um, just like get them out of my system. Whereas now I, I've had sex once in the last two, two and a half months, which is, I've never, never done this in my life. And I, I tried going on a date recently and I just, I just hated it and I felt so bad for the man that I took along for the ride because I just, I knew as soon as I got there, I was like, this isn't for me now. So that's the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. A couple, couple of things. N number one, I'm tremendously sorry that, 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 that all of that happened to you. That's, that sucks. That's fucked up. It's, it's, a, it's like very emotionally like grinding and like, so I'm very, very sorry um, number two, like, uh, thanks for being like such an, uh, amazing, like strong person to like be that vulnerable, um, and, and tell that story to myself and to the audience. And number three, this is what I'm talking about. Like what you just did is your superpower. You're like, yo, this is how I feel right now. Y'all are going to get all of it. Here we go. And like people just, a lot of people can't do that. And that is so inspiring and empowering and like I mean fucking you know slow clap man like thank you so much but I hope that you see that 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 is like that is such a powerful thing that you did and that you possess the ability to do no thank you and thank you for giving me such a great platform to be able to talk about it I think um you know heartbreak for women and being ghosted like it's not a new topic um but I think the thing because I wasn't in a relationship with him. So it's a different kind of grief. Like, but, you know, mm -hmm. Ayla Swift wrote a whole album about her three-month relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, what I'm feeling is so valid. Like, he was my all-too-well, <laughs> the 10-minute version. And, you know, but sometimes <laughs> I think as women <laughs> we dismiss these 
these almost relationships because we think that they're not valid enough, but we're still grieving all the same. Like I am feeling so much grief for what I thought I had with a person that wasn't the person I thought. And I just think we need to validate all, like all of these things that were so real. Grief is real. Non-relationship grief Mm -hmm. is still relationship grief. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, can, it doesn't matter if uh, that's like what you just said. All of it—the Taylor Swift stuff, the three-month stuff, the 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 non-relationship relationship grief—like that is really, really important and 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 incredibly powerful. And you're right, no one's fucking talking about it. So like, there's another window for you to get in there and fucking talk about it too, because you don't you don't hear about that. You hear about people, oh, you're crazy because you were with so and so for a month, and now you're in the closet drinking by yourself like that doesn't matter and what what happens is like how you feel that's the only thing that matters so that's incredibly profound you know and and you're right so many people uh especially women like do go through like the slow ghost the fucking the the wretched sort of like we hooked up or we met up or whatever and now they they slowly kind of like leave your, your your bubble and it's like there's nobody out there providing any sort of Hey, I'm going through that too. You're not crazy, you know? Like, so again, you know, that, that there's, there's the fucking bikini cowboy, like rock and roll, man. I think it's, I think you're, I, it feels like you're, you're like really like learning to like, and in your content reflects this, like, you're just like owning it. You know, you're slowly like owning yourself and like, what's more empowering than that? Thank you. Um, yeah, I feel like it, it's taken a long time. Like I always think about um, the fact I applied for the bachelor. This is a bit of a tangent, but I applied when I was 23 and I got through like one round or something. And then, you know, and then I applied again when I was 27, 26, 28, 27, something. And I just think like I couldn't have handled it at 23. Like I look at like what I've built online and I just don't think that, 23-year-old Bella would have been able to handle any of this kind of stuff. Um, so I think I'm not a believer in like, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I don't really like that stuff. I think that's that's a cop-out. But I do think like timing, timing is important and I feel like I'm in the right time to be able to emotionally deal with sharing my life online um, and knowing that, yes, there's repercussions to sharing myself online, but there's also really positive values too. Um, but it's taken time. It's taken a long time. Well, I think anything worth doing or feeling or saying, like, did it does take a, a ton of time. Um, and the, the one thing that we we haven't touched on and, and we're, we're getting close to the end of the episode and I want to touch on it. You can talk about it as much as you want or you don't have to or whatever, but you are a cancer survivor. And so I definitely want to hear uh, anything you have to say about that, what that experience was like, um, you know, the, your content around it that I found is incredibly profound and empowering and like rough, right? Cause it was, I mean, I can only imagine, um, my mom just had an operation to, to take her kidney out cause her, she had cancer and so whatever. So like, if you can talk about your experience, that would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And also I hope your mom's okay. Like, I think we underestimate how much Thank you so much. affects everyone. Like it is, it's a disease that affects not just the person, but everybody closer to them. Like my family 
is still deeply traumatized. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I, I had cancer when I was 19. <laughs> um, and again, like, I think it's one of those timing things because, um, I, my naivety is really the thing that got me through. Like the fact that I was so inexperienced in life and I had no idea what was out there for me because I just don't, I think if I got cancer again now, like it would, it would ruin me. Um, I just would not be able to cope with it. And I, I really just did cope in my early twenties because I was so fucking stupid. <laughs> um, so I, <laughs> yeah, so I, um, I got misdiagnosed for a long time. Um, and the doctors thought I had an eating disorder. Um, and so I went through a lot of like horrible, horrible therapy, um, before they finally figured out that it was cancer and it, it was quite bad. Um, so there was a period of time as well. I thought I was going to die. Um, and then since then I've had multiple, multiple operations, um, like at least two a year for the first five years, six years. And then now it's probably like once every two years, maybe I have to have surgery. Um, it never really ends. Like I used to always celebrate like the end of treatment and all that kind of stuff. But now I don't because I feel like it makes people think that it's over for me. Um, and it's never been over. Like it's a huge part of my life still. Um, I have multiple checkups. I have, so many health issues related to it. Um, so yeah, like cancer survival or like kind of like, I don't know, like living with cancer is more like you're just living with it. Um, you, I don't know if you ever really survive per se, like it changes, it just changes you fundamentally. Um, I've been trying to figure out because you mentioned my content. I haven't done a lot of content around it lately, like for years, um, and so I've been working on this video for ages now because I want to talk about my story because it is really interesting. Um, but I've just never found like a way to tell it that isn't fucked. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I don't want to do it in like a sad sob story way, but then I also don't want to do it too light because then I don't know. I've been playing around with videos and stuff, but yeah, I keep touching my scar, but, um, it's, it's a weird one to kind of dive into. Like people have strong feelings about it. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, I, I'm confident you'll figure that out. I mean, you, you, you found a place to, to be yourself, to start being yourself. So I, I think that is a natural evolution. I think you'll, you'll find a way to walk that middle ground. Cause a lot of your, you like your comedy content stuff does walk that that middle ground you know so um i you know it's it, i think that you'll you'll get there you know i hope so um <clears throat> yeah it's it's a huge part of who i am like um which i do sometimes gloss over a bit um i think yeah to be able to talk about it that takes an element of gloss in which you have to kind of mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of deep running trauma with me and my family because of it and um, like a lot of stuff that I'm still unpacking today. But um, in order, yeah, like like with anything, it takes a certain amount of um, humour to be able to really dive into these dark topics. So, yeah, I'll get there. I'll get there. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, and I, you know, and, and, and I want to not only thank you for being on the show with me today, Bella Johnson, but like for like bringing uh, your full true self to the show. That means a lot. You were incredibly vulnerable, yet still a rock star somehow. And I think that again, like that's you and I love it. And let's, uh, let's tell these uh, party going audience members, right? Where they can find all of your stuff, where they can watch your, your whatever journey you decide to go on. Yeah. So my handle is spicy Johnston, um, spicy as in like COVID cough and Johnston, J O H N S T O N. Um, and that's on TikTok and on YouTube and on Instagram. Amazing. Everything will be linked in the notes. I would love to have you back to check in in a few months if you're down. Totally. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. (laughs) Of course. You're welcome anytime. Hey, big thank you to my guest, Bella Johnston, for being my guest this week on the show, for also being so fucking vulnerable and amazing. Thank you so, so much for that. If you guys are loving guests like Bella, if you want to see her again, because we're going to check in in a few months, if you guys, you know, are just still appreciating sex party, you're, you're, you're just wanting to party some more, how can you show that love, that appreciation, that desire for more? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, if you're listening on platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, if you're listening there, you could subscribe to the show. That's the most important part. You could also leave a rating. You could leave a review. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, Wow. If you're watching on YouTube, I love you. I see you. I appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe to the channel. That's the most important. You could also leave a comment on any of the videos. You could like all the videos. You could uh, you could shout it from the rooftops if you like. Uh, if you can get up on your roof and shout sex party from your rooftop, please take a video and send it in. As always, you guys can find me hanging around in the DMs on Instagram, and I will see you right back here next week thanks for listening the party continues next week click subscribe and let's make this a regular thing follow the show on instagram and twitter at sexpartyfm follow dustin at dustin ribka